This is Kramer Financial Talk with Jim Kramer of Kramer Investment Services. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Jim Kramer provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. So listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Kramer Financial Talk with Jim Kramer. Welcome to another edition of Kramer Financial Talk. My name is Jim Kramer with Kramer Investment Services. If you'd like to hear more information about what you hear today, for callers in Wisconsin, our Lake Geneva phone number is 262-729-4128. For callers in Illinois, our McHenry, Illinois phone number is 815-331-8096. Feel free to reach out to us on our website, www.kramer.com investmentservices.com. That's spelled K-R-A-M-E-R. While on the site, you can check out the past couple of podcasts that we've done by clicking on the media library and radio tabs. And for subscribers to Apple Podcasts and Spotify, you can see or listen to all of our past podcasts. Don't feel um, shy about giving us a phone call or if you have any questions, you can always email us. We're here to help. So today we're going to talk about cryptocurrencies. More and more, uh, my clients have been asking me about it. It's been on the news a lot lately with Elon Musk. And the concept of cryptocurrencies has been around for years. But the modern cryptocurrency boom began back in 2009 with the beginning of Bitcoin, which is the uh, currency we're going to talk about most of today. Now, there are thousands of other cryptocurrencies in existence, but the popular ones today are Bitcoin, Ether, Litecoin, Ripple, and Dogcoin. And so the questions we're going to attempt to answer today would be, well, why does cryptocurrencies exist? Number two, how the coins are created through what we call computer mining. How does, how does a, a cryptocurrency get created? How does cryptocurrencies differ from other currencies, including the U.S. dollar, as well as gold and silver? And as an investment, why is it so incredibly volatile? And lastly, should you have cryptocurrencies in your investment portfolio? But before we talk about cryptocurrencies today, I want to introduce you to my co-host, Tony Shore. Tony, how are you doing today? Well, I'm doing good, and I can't believe we're talking about Cryptocurrencies. And, you know, uh, obviously, uh, pretty much everybody out there has probably heard of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. And, of course, the the latest buzz has been about, I think, you know, some people say it different ways. I think it's actually Dogecoin. Thank you for telling Dogecoin. me that. Dogecoin, yeah. Dogecoin. Yeah, exactly. It's based on a meme. <laughs> and it's kind of a whim, the Elon Musk thing. So uh, it's crazy. And um, it's just uh, insane, uh, the, the everything that's been going on with cryptocurrency. So I'm glad you're tackling this one. I have to admire you. I mean, it's uh, not an easy topic. That's for sure. Um, so I've been great. I've actually, I had a great Memorial Day weekend last week. I, I've uh, been busy with the family. How about you, Jim? How are you doing? 
Yeah, had a really nice weekend. Great weather this weekend. I uh, had uh, my dad and his wife over, as well as my daughter. Um, we had um, from my uh, my girlfriend's family was over. And my dog, now that we have an electric fence, I can't tell you how happy my dog is running around the house. Oh, it's great. That's um, awesome. So, yeah, it was it was wonderful. That's so great. had a nice weekend, Tony. That's excellent. Well, uh, I, let's dive in. Uh, why do cryptocurrencies exist? And Jim, what are their, what's the purpose? Okay. So a cryptocurrency is a digital asset that is designed to work as a medium of exchange for the purpose of purchase of goods and services. It is not a currency of physical form like paper money, and it is not issued through any central authority such as the U.S. government. When implemented, Tony, each cryptocurrency works through a distributed ledger called a blockchain, which we're going to talk about, that serves as a public financial transaction database, and that's designed for security purposes. And we'll discuss that as well more in detail. The purpose of cryptocurrencies is to fix the problems of traditional currencies by putting the power and the responsibility directly into the currency holder's hands. That is, it makes it easier to transfer funds between two parties without the need of a third party like a bank or credit card company. There's many people in our society that don't have a credit card and don't have a bank account. But with cryptocurrencies, you can still have access to this through your computer. The idea being, since no one owns cryptocurrencies and since it's not backed by any government, its value is purely determined by the laws of supply and demand. It's worth what people are willing to pay for it. And there's a couple of other things about cryptocurrencies that people find attractive. Uh, That is, you can have an actual completely confidential transaction that takes place. And it's greater access for credit for people that don't have uh, bank accounts. Those are the other really built in uh, uh, important reasons why people would want to consider owning cryptocurrencies. And then just a note, cryptocurrencies as an investment are subject to U.S. capital gains law. So if you bought a Bitcoin, uh, let's say a year ago at $30,000, and now you just recently sold it for, say, $65,000, which is about what it's worth. No, excuse me. Let's assume it was worth $65,000 today. You would have a capital gain of $35,000 that you would have to report on your tax return. Well, yeah, and so that's amazing. Why are Bitcoins so expensive? Okay, so Bitcoins, well, according to an Investopedia article go, called What Determines the Price of One Bitcoin, the main contributors to the price of Bitcoin is supply and demand. Mainly, the supply is very limited, and the demand obviously has been incredible. And that's the, probably the biggest reason. There's also a pretty doggone expensive cost of producing a Bitcoin through the mining process, which I'm going to talk about. There's rewards that are paid to Bitcoin miners through verifying transactions through the blockchain. And then there's so many other competing cryptocurrencies out there, all of which has an effect on the price. So the supply part is very, very expensive and slow compared to the demand part. In addition, the lack of enough other viable cryptocurrencies, even though there's so many out there, has also contributed to pushing up the price of Bitcoin, since that's by far the dominant cryptocurrency. So the price as of May 25th, the coin actually cost 
$37,723 at the end of the close of, of that day. Just six weeks prior, though, on April 15th, the price reached an all-time high of 63237 So as you can tell, the price of Bitcoin is going up and down like a roller coaster. Well, that's very volatile. That's amazing. I, the volatility there is incredible, which, you know, a, a lot of investors want to avoid as much vol volatility as possible. So uh, this is obviously not for everybody. It sounds somewhat risky, but a possibly lucrative depending on when people got in and out. And of course, no one knows. So, so Jim, you've talked about the mining process. You've mentioned that uh, of cryptocurrency. You said it's an expensive or time consuming process. Tell us what that's about. Okay, so there's so many different cryptocurrencies. We're going to keep our discussion pre predominantly limited to Bitcoin. So according to that same Investopedia article, Tony, Bitcoin miners relies on a complicated, what they call cryptographic math problem that all miners need to compete to complete in order to solve. The first one to do so is rewarded with a block of newly minted Bitcoins. And any transactions that... Uh, and any transactional fees that have been accumulated in that previous uh, period of time all goes to that Bitcoin miner. The Bitcoin's algorithm allows for only one block, which is equal to 6.25 Bitcoins to be found every 10 minutes. The more miners that actively join in the competition to solve this math problem, the more difficult the math problem gets in order to preserve that 10 minute interval. This mining process adds to its cost and thus its price. The supply of Bitcoins does not increase depending upon the consumer demand. By mining for the currency, you don't have to put any money down in order to receive them. Wow. Okay. So who can be a miner? Okay. This is, if it's not complicated already, Tony, it gets more complicated. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> in, in the early days, a person could be a miner with just a personal computer. Today is done in a very high-tech setting with high electrical producing energy computers. That means this is done with supercomputers, which are not at all energy efficient. So it's not a green concept, a green energy concept at all. The idea is to create an authentication system, if I can say that right, without the need for governments, banks, and credit cards. Many cryptocurrencies use mining as a source of verification. So the process of these supercomputers is one is to verify the transaction through a math code. And if they get that, then they've done their job to verify the authenticity of these transactions. Um, they're doing the work by verifying the legitimacy of these transactions. And it's also meant to keep Bitcoin users honest, which was created by its original founder. By verifying these transactions, these miners help to prevent the what we call double spending problem. Double spending is a scenario in which the Bitcoin owner illicitly spends the same Bitcoin twice. As with physical currency, this isn't an issue. So once you hand somebody a $20 bill to buy, let's say, a bottle of wine, you no longer possess that dollar bill. So there's no danger of that $20 bill being used twice. While there is the same possibility of counterfeit cash being made with U.S. currency, it's not exactly the same as spending the same dollar twice. 
With digital currency, however, as the Investopedia Dictionary explains, there's a risk that the holder can make a copy of the digital token and send it to a merchant or another party while retaining the original. This process helps to prevent the use of counterfeit Bitcoins. So a Bitcoin miner, in part, verifies Bitcoin transactions to verify that there aren't any illegitimate Bitcoins being used. So once they've verified what they they say is 100 or excuse me, one megabyte worth of transactions, they're eligible to, res to, to earn a block of Bitcoins by answering this complex mathematical problem. Wow. Okay. So that's a lot of information. Um, I feel like I need a nap now. Yes. <laughs> me it's too. A, it's overwhelming for most people. And that's why a lot of people haven't been able to get into, uh, you know, cryptocurrencies because it can be confusing. Uh, but based on that mining process, it seems like a very different type of currency than, you know, like precious metals like gold and silver. Right. Very true, Tony. So gold and silver have an actual use in products, while a Bitcoin is nothing more than electronic currency. So gold, silver, cryptocurrencies are similar in that they're all speculative. The price rise and falls based on supply and demand, but the real use of gold and silver makes it, in my opinion, more useful in today's society. Well, yeah, I, obviously, and I, I can see that. Uh, so do you see cryptocurrencies being used more regularly in the future for day-to-day -day purchases and goods and services? Do you think we'll get to that point? No, I don't. I, I can't see it right now, but that doesn't mean it won't happen in the future. Right now, very few people, businesses are using the currency for actual purchases, but more and more businesses are considering its use. Uh, Elon Musk recently approved the use of Bitcoins for the purchase of his Tesla vehicles only to change his mind. I think that there would be a better method of verifying the, if there was a better method of verifying the authentic, authenticity of a Bitcoin in order to in order for it to be relative in the future, I think it would have more relevancy. But the mining process of it, the way in which it's so slow in adapting to consumer demand, uh, with the price getting so far out of whack, I think that's going to be a struggle for the future. That if perhaps, though, another cryptocurrency might develop a, a faster method of verification and an ability to meet consumers' demands for its currency, um, unlike Bitcoin today, that might have more relevancy down the road. Well, yeah, I can see why then cryptocurrencies are so volatile given the limited amount of that are produced each day with an increasing demand for it uh, as an investment. I've recently heard of Bitcoins, uh, Bitcoin ETFs, actually, ETFs that are actually Bitcoins being available to the public. What do you think about that? I mean, okay, is that so, something you would recommend to your clients? Well, if you're going to ask me, do I recommend this? No, I don't because of the volatility. But that said, there are a number of new blockchain ETFs that have been on the market. Blockchain is the technology that underpins most cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin, Ether, and so forth. These funds have been around since 2019, and they've done really well, but with incredible amounts of volatility. And there are also crypto or excuse me, there are also Bitcoin specific funds like Grayscale Bitcoin Trust, which has been around since 2014 and its returns have been phenomenal, except in 2018, Tony, that fund lost 82 percent of its value. Oh, geez. 
Now, after 2018, it increased by 400%, making up for that loss. But that's not the type of investment I'm looking for my clients that are in retirement or nearing retirement. That's a lot of drama for them to take. Yeah, well, yeah, that's that's crazy. Uh, I think that's 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 nuts. So, no, that said, though, just to, to continue on, though, sure. for a younger investor who truly believes in it, for day traders and for wealthy clients who can afford to go through the wild up and down swings of this investment, that could be a very good investment for them. And if all else fails with our U.S. government and global governments abroad, if we have no faith in the currencies of the government that's issuing them, certainly cryptocurrencies might have a tremendous uh, power to them down the road. Yeah. Yeah, and that, I think that's a good point. Now, we're almost out of time for today's show. Uh, is there anything else you want to add? You know, one other thing, as we talked about Dogecoin, there is a difference in, in how they provide their currency. And it's not that uh, finite method that Bitcoin uses. So that's a coin that was actually started up as a joke by a couple of students back in 2013 that has actually gained a lot of traction. And I know Elon Musk has talked about this, but that's one that is producing in a monster scale Dogecoins on a minute by minute basis. It's actually probably producing too many uh, Dogecoins. So it's the complete opposite of Bitcoin. And then you've got all these other cryptocurrencies in between and their supply production mining process is what makes them so unique to one another. And it's just mind-numbing. And then the time to spend going over each one is really a podcast in and of itself. Yeah. Now, yeah. That's so it. now that's so crazy. We've, we've kind of just touched on the surface of cryptocurrencies. And I want to mention to my audience members, if you have any questions about it, you can always call my office. I'll be happy to answer your questions right now. I'm certainly not a big believer in its use in our portfolios. If you have a younger investor, of course, that's a whole different story. So now I want to venture, venture off a little bit. Last week, when Tony and I, we did a podcast, I did an overly long Oli and Sven Minnesota ah, joke ah, ah, at ah. the expense of my co-host, oh, Tony. Yeah. Who's not feeling all that well today, by the way. But for those of you who don't know, Tony was born and raised in Minnesota. He's a diehard Minnesota Vikings fan, of which <laughs> don't I'm not going to I'm, I'm go, go there today, Tony. But in honor of you, though, I'm going to do another Oli and Sven joke, as long as you can tolerate it. Oh, yeah. And, I want to hear it. All right. This, one, this one's not quite so long. All right. So Sven is vacationing at his cabin in northern Minnesota and happens to get in line at the Dairy Queen. A Native American man approaches him and makes a proposition. The Indian man says, hey, I have a deal for you. I'll ask you a riddle. If you can answer it, I will buy you an ice cream. But if you can't, then you have to buy me one. Sven goes, sure, I like riddles. So the Indian man continues. Here's the riddle. They are my father's child, but not my brother. They are my mother's child, but not my sister. Who are they? Sven says, I have no idea. Who are they? The Indian man says, me. Good riddle, huh? Ah. So this is a logic question. If it's not my if it's not my brother and if it's not my sister, it has to be you. <laughs> so no. So yes, so Sven goes, yes, that's a very good one. So he ends up buying the Indian man an ice cream. Oh. So Sven, so Sven goes back home to southern Minnesota. He's in line at the 
local Dairy Queen where he spots his friend Oli nearby and decides to get a free ice cream or hope to get one. Sven says, hey Oli, I have a deal for you. I'm going to ask you a riddle. And if you can answer it, I'm going to buy you an ice cream. But if you can't, then you have to buy me one. Oli says, okay, I like riddles. Sven says, okay then, here's the riddle. They are my father's child, but not my brother. They are my mother's child, but not my sister. Who are they? Oli says, I don't know. Who is it? Sven says, some Indian guy up north. <laughs> now, Tony, that sounds I, like a fake I love laugh. That, one. that was a fake laugh. Was I that real? That. Did, that was did real. you really like that? <laughs> I really did. Okay. Uh, some Indian guy. So you have not heard that one before? Nope. If, right. I, if I have, I probably have, but years and years ago. I All think right. that's an oldie but a goodie, Jim. That's good. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. All right. Well, hey, great show today. And I just, uh, Jim, why don't you let our listeners know one more time how they can get a hold of you before we go? Well, folks, if you have any questions, if you'd like to set up a face-to-face meeting, I can help you set together set set a course with a financial plan. Any questions that you have, there's no dumb question out there. We're here to help. Our number in Wisconsin is 262-729-4128. In Illinois, our number is 815-331-8096. Feel free to visit us on our website, www.kramerinvestments.com. All right. Thanks, Jim. And listeners, that does it for today's episode of Kramer Financial Talk with our host, Jim Kramer. Thank you for listening to Kramer Financial Talk. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Jim Kramer at Kramer Investment Services. Call 262-729-4128 or visit them online at KramerFinancialTalk.com. Fee-based planning and investment advisory services are offered by Kramer Investment Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Wisconsin and Illinois. Insurance products and services are offered through Kramer Investment and Insurance Services, Inc. Kramer Investment Services, LLC, and Kramer Investment and Insurance Services, Inc. are affiliated companies. Jim Kramer and Kramer Investment Services are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representative representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.